0: Welcome to the Our Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. This is Luke 2 verse 19. We read that Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now the word being translated in English as things is the word rhema. So we know we have the logos word of God which is the general word and we have rhema which is the specific word so it's uh, it's really saying that mary pondered kept in her heart kept focusing on what the angel had said to her the rhema word so that destiny word over your life you are pondering it that's what june was doing for three years it felt like frustration but she was pondering raise an army raise an army god i want to raise an army what does that look like show me show me i'm so she's pondering the word the rhema word that contains within it the ability to do what god wants to do raise an army beautiful okay so the then times we get tested now we are tested not because god's nasty but because he wants to refine what's in us he wants to draw out all that that he's already placed in us he wants to bring it out to the surface so we do get there is testing that comes uh, and <laughs> Mary certainly was tested can you believe in you know, Luke 2 verse 51 let's just imagine Rose you've been given the responsibility to bring up the son of God you have this little baby and you've been looking after this baby for eight years, and they're doing, it's doing pretty good. And you go on a family trip to Jerusalem. And you're in a big, you know, it's a big, it's a big church outing. There might be a hundred of you, off you go. And there's loads of children around, and Jesus is playing with the children, etc., etc. And you go to Jerusalem, and then you walk back. And for three days, he's missing. you don't even realize he's missing. <laughs> Now, I as a parent know what the feeling is like when your kid disappears in a supermarket and you can't see him. It's horrible. horrible. They walk for three days. (laughs) They've been given permission to look after the Son of God and they've lost him. (laughs) I I mean, it's just like, you did what, Mary and Joseph? How can you lose the Son of God? I mean... You have to stay here, Jesus. I can't (laughs) do too precious. (laughs) You you must walk at my side all the time. (laughs) This is the Son of God here. And they lose him. I know that it's a a, a big caravan of people, and I know that there was interactions going on and etc, etc. But it's still I'd love to speak to Mary. What did you feel at that minute when you lost him? Ugh. Oh, you'd feel sick. You'd feel sick, when. not you? Oh. But in Luke 2, verse 51, when Mary had lost the Son of God, it says that she pondered these things in her heart, doing the same thing again. I'm going to focus on the word of God. I have been chosen to be the mother of Jesus. This is the Son of God that's coming into the world to save the world. So in the midst of my failure... Or in the midst of my testing, or in the midst of that sick feeling, what do I do? I'm going to remind myself of what you've said of me. (coughs) I'm going to remind myself of what you are like, Father, over my life. I'm going to remind myself again over my destiny. Even if it looks like I've lost the Son of God, I'm going to remind myself of my destiny. And that's what you'll have to do. There will be times of testing in your life. There will be. You can't avoid it. And in the middle of them, remind yourself of what God has said. Bring it to the forefront. Get it out verbally, off your tongue. Let your ears hear it. Don't just do it quietly inside. Shout it out. I'm a son of God. I've been called to do this. I'm following in his way. Right? And you see that the wonderful miracle takes place. Jesus and Mary, they grow up and Jesus fulfills all the Father wants to do. And that is a lovely picture I find for how do I walk as a Christian with him in all the things that he has for my life. I just focus on this all the time, ponder the word over my life. Bring it to the forefront in my thinking and realize that wherever I am, I am a son of God, I'm a spiritual being, I'm not fighting the flesh anymore, I'm alive in Him and He's alive with me. And wherever my walk takes me, whatever things I like to do, He's involved with, He likes to do as well. You know, I like photography, He likes to do photography. I've found I, that out. Um, so where's the time because I've got to be careful on time here it's half one Um, a bit of background for me in terms of work I think I've finished with this yes yes we're going to watch some videos in a minute so background for me in work um, before as a Christian um, I wanted to be a draftsman a draftsman is the sort of Guy that draws those technical drawings, and uh, that's what I wanted to do. Um, 16 out of school with no qualifications, got a job as an office junior learning how to do those technical drawings. Um, I never realized at that point that I was dyslexic, struggled a lot with reading or anything like that, it was just like no go. In fact, I wasn't particularly good at being an adjustment, I was pretty good at making tea and coffee, going doing the post and buying cigars for my boss I was pretty good at doing them but when it came to the drawing after doing my first drawing the partner came in and said Alan you're not allowed to do any more drawing and in fact uh, you will have to do the alphabet every day alphabet and a set of numbers every day until I say you're competent at doing this now to be honest, with at that time, back in the 70s, when you did technical drawings, they were a piece of a work of art. They're very individualistic, you know, your writing had to be like copper plate writing. The drawings, of course, were technical, but they, it lo- had to look something special. So I learned to write my ABC and numbers, and I did it every every day, <coughs> working while making tea and coffee and things like that. Fortunately, um, I did all right, and then I had this. I remember going past the university in Birmingham, saying, "One day I'll be in that university," because I decided I wanted to be a civil engineer. The civil engineer sat like that, very relaxed. The structural engineer was like this. Oh. And I thought, "I don't want to be him. I don't want to be him." Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then so, <laughs> the civil engineer I way of oh, choosing, I way of choosing yeah. the civil engineer uh, liked cigars and they used to have to go and buy cigars and so I decided that's thanks so much, that's what I was going to do I thought was a cigar <laughs> <laughs> um, so you remember I told you I had no qualifications well I had what was called CSEs um, you had to get a grade 1 CSE to get the lowest of an O level which is equivalent oh, to our GCSEs now And so I got, I did get CSEs, but none of them were Grade 1, so none of them were O levels. Um, I did do maths O level, and I got that, so that was good. Um, But I saw this university, and I'm going to be there to be a civil engineer. Nobody in my family had ever been to university, nobody in my school had ever been to university, and he was. I had no qualifications, and I'm saying I'm going to go to university. Now I've learned something about declaration. There I wasn't a Christian, and I was declaring what I was going to do, and I was just getting out of my mouth. And it's incredible that it, when you come to be a Christian, you discover well, that's what God asked you to do: speak those things that are not as if they are. Mm. Um, so I'm doing sitting gills, and then ordinary national certificate, and for one year. Manchester University and Aston University opened up the, um, you know, you could go to university uh, to do civil engineering if you had distinctions in order national certificate. I got distinctions in order national certificate, which was quite amazing. Um, And I started at Manchester University. Now, they took me on because I'd done three years within the engineering community, therefore I was quite competent at things like surveying, things like drawing, um, structural, some minor structural design. So they took that on board as well as my own. And I started. First term, got saved, became Christian. Um, Went through university, uh, hard going, I must admit. It was... uh, You know, you see the hand of God every time. But I never knew I was dyslexic until I'd finished university and saw somebody's, a young lad's notebook and thought, that's exactly how I write. Even now as an adult, (laughs) I write like that and I can't spell and I can't read. There must be something wrong with me. Got tested and I was dyslexic. Um, But, so that's just by the by. But I then get a job working in the northwest here as a civil engineer right god is with me i feel this is what god's always been asking me to do i've not in my early days my aspiration was to be full-time for church i thought that was the job to have i didn't recognize that the job that i was doing was on the same level I didn't realise that it was full-time for God. I thought it was secular Mm. and I was spiritual somewhere else when I was at church. I never realised that I was spiritual everywhere. It took four and a half years of working for church, feeling rather a failure at it at the end and going back to my old job as a civil engineer to start to learn that that actually... I was full-time for Jesus there. Now, actually, in the years leading up before I went um, full-time with church, I'd seen people get saved. I'd started some sort of Christian community in, in work, uh, etc. But when I went back afterwards, I started to believe, as I've been teaching you, that God is involved in every part of my life. That means work as well. I can see his favor on my life in work. I can see the same mechanisms that happen for words and knowledge happen in work. In business meetings, don't know the answer. Who has all wisdom? He does. Oh, I can bring heaven to earth in complicated uh, negotiations with contractors to see his wisdom come into that meeting. I can you know, problematic employees who are causing you a headache. Who knows how to deal with that? He does. I can bring that revelation to help them. Jobs, you know, whenever you're in a... I, fortunately, I worked in um, a company that my career progression could be within that company. I didn't have to leave and go somewhere else. But surely heaven coming to earth, he has the decisions. You know, he's involved in everything I'm doing. Therefore, he, he needs to be involved in all my desires for promotion, which is a reasonable thing to have. But learning to follow Holy Spirit in that. So, um, a manager comes to me, Alan, there's a job coming up. I've earmarked you for the job. Ooh, pretty good, isn't it? Me about for the job. Oh, I applied for it then. So I applied for it. And I didn't get it. <laughs> he came back to, me. Oh, I apologize, Alan. Um, somebody else is far better than you. Hmm. Thank you very much. <laughs> and this feeling of, I've got to learn from this. I'm following you, Holy Spirit, even in my jobs. Okay. So another job comes up. Right, oh, look, promotion. Shall I go for that? Holy Spirit says no. And not felt I right Do Surely it's a yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Surely it's a yes. <laughs> More money. That'd be good for me. So no. So I had to delete the application. Because I'm choosing kingdom. Well, you just know, don't you? I didn't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm choosing kingdom. And then the, then the testing, the battle comes. See, are you sure you're hearing God? God would have let you go for that, wouldn't he? All of that sort of language coming in. And I say, no, I know that I hear my father. I know what his voice sounds like. I'm following him. I'm being obedient to him, even in my job. Uh, a few months later... There's a department over there. I'll call it the Mechanical Engineering Department, because I can't remember which one it was. Open Plan Office. Department over there. Okay. They are causing me some grief. They won't do I'm a project manager and they won't do what I'm asking them to do. They have reasons why they won't do it. It's like, see the bigger picture, but you know, stop being this little group and see the bigger picture which I'm trying to get you to understand. So I'm typing an email which is not a nice email <laughs> I don't recommend you use your anger to type an email and in the middle of typing that email the Holy Spirit says walk to the other side of the room Alan now ok I know what your voice sounds like remember you're learning what his voice sounds like walk to the other side I'm coming around to the mechanical engineering departments, and I'm stood behind a column that's in the and I can hear them having this conversation remember i'm just about to send the email to the manager right nasty email and (coughs) and i'm hearing them say we must work with alan and see the bigger picture wow imagine if you could send that email i know imagine what it would be like they would not be working with me would they (laughs) and they would not be seeing the bigger picture your own resignation <laughs> Okay. now what did it do two things it did I do hear your voice so therefore when that job was coming up and you said no it's your voice I know it's your voice right? and I'm in work and I'm doing kingdom stuff in work and you're involved with me when I was angry and was about to send this nasty you said oh go Alan go around there and just speak to them Um. And there's many more stories like that. You know, stories of allowing the presence of the Holy Spirit to come in management meetings when you sense, oh, he's here, and it's going to change. And it does. You think, you're so good. (laughs) (laughs) So, So I'm learning over these years to my spiritual life is in my job. And I'll, we've got two videos to watch. And Shell Green was my last project that I was manager of. And and we'll, I'll show you that one. It's just to, I want to show you that sometimes your destinies are bigger than you could ever imagine. And you say how, even in your work life, you'll say how. And God is able to do. That. Thank you for listening to the Our Destiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.